good afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is shola i'm your host thank you for joining me i hope you're well i hope all is good with you in your world i hope everything's fine um so let's get right into it you know um yesterday or i think it was the day before yesterday i did a musing you know which we called i titled the days are evil and sometimes you know i really struggle to find titles for these musings episodes because they're really just reflections and sometimes it doesn't fit into a nicely it's a nice script you know what i mean so but somehow i mean you have to have a title there has to be context you know so somehow the holy spirit helps me to find something that i can pin the core of the message on but i do know that sometimes i'm sure when you listen to them you'll be wondering <laughs> really this title is not is different from you know what you say but most of the time we, we we do get it we do try to capture the essence of whatever it is that god is trying to say or that you know god is trying to teach me or tell me or cause me to pay attention to and we're you know i'm grateful to god for that so but in the purpose of after finishing the music which sometimes happens and this is the thing this is how you know that um, this is like something that one is being led by the Spirit of God. So, um, so in the process after, okay, so I was saying, this is how you know that you are led by the Spirit. Because sometimes I just have this reflection and while I'm recording, to me it's just like I'm just rambling and just spilling out my heart. At some point, I do sense that the Holy Ghost comes in. But what confirms to me that is really God speaking is when I then start looking for a scripture to add. Because I always like to add scriptures, um, you know, quote scriptures to all of the musings so that people can see that a lot of what I'm saying is really, you know, from the lens of the Bible. Because I, I, I often reference the Bible because I've read it a lot. In fact, it's the book I've read the one book that I read more than any other book on in in my life I've read it several times over sections of it you know confessed prayed you know so many things it's it's really the book that has been it's it's not just a religious book it's a faith book it's a life book it's the philosophy that drives my life you know and um, so many times when I speak even consciously and unconsciously I am referring to things that the Bible teaches so but it's also good to be able to identify those scriptures so that people who are listening recognize that i'm not just speaking parables you know but that is actually rooted in the word of god so after the recording i went and i started looking for um the scripture that was talking about um um being the days are evil because i was i felt that that was the essence of what we're talking about and in reading it i then found out that exactly what paul said in that particular chapter to the church in ephesus was like a narrative of exactly everything that we had been talking about on that day because the last musing i did which which i I wrote titled the days are evil was talking about the need for christians to stand up for righteousness and what is good in this modern world and i was expressing my shock and my alarm at the fact that i am seeing christian leaders dissimulating you know trying to you know, being, you know, because one thing you don't want to be is be ambiguous about what is right or what is wrong. You know, any opportunity that you have to confirm and affirm that, you know, this is wrong and this is right, you do not miss that opportunity. That's what I see that God expects from prophets, from priests, followers, and disciples of God. 
all the way from Genesis to Revelation. You don't need to make a song and a dance about it. You don't need to shout or a pulpit. But whenever the opportunity, as in there's a conversation that is brought before you, there's an opportunity for you to, you know, I mean, I mean, it's like on the on the platter of gold, you have an opportunity to affirm what is right and what is good. You don't miss it. And what you will do is you affirm the righteousness of God. You affirm what is right according to God's, excuse me, commandments and instructions. And by the way, the commandments of God are not optional. And they're not, they're not, they don't only apply to Christians. So we have the right as Christians to say this is right, this is wrong. You know, whether you believe it or not, that's a different thing. But so if somebody comes to me and says, you know, and, and there's a conversation that I can contribute to, I will say yes, from my perspective, this is right this is wrong and this is why i say so you know and i will tell you that okay from the bible and i also say also from humanity i can also from natural whatever so for me things and when we're talking about fundamental things like theft like lies like murder honestly i am disgusted at a or, or cheating you know malpractice false witness i am i am disgusted at a, a christian leader that is unable to clearly say in such situations this is wrong you are now claiming some diplomacy i don't even know what you are rooting your position on so i read and i'm going to read that ephesians 5 which is why i just said that today let's read the scriptures because i haven't done this in a long time so i think it's important we read the scripture so that this doesn't just look like somebody just talking you know and presenting their own political views let us read the bible now and let us see what God says. And this doesn't, I'm not just saying this in the context of politics, but I mean in society as a whole, even in your office and things like that. I mean, I see a lot of people, they are faced with situations where things are going on wrong. Maybe there's a recruitment process. The person who, you know, got the highest scores, you know, the people are wanting to circumvent the rules because of who is involved. You may not be the decision maker, but you owe it to society, to God, and to righteousness to say this is wrong if we have set out these rules from the beginning and say this is the criteria that um, needs to be met for people to pass if this person has met the criteria the person should be given the job let that be your professional advice and put it down and write it let the people go ahead decision makers to do whatever they want but let it be on record that you did not um you didn't go with the flow that you took a stand because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not a decision maker, then you can't change. You, do you understand? Decision makers will do what they want. But what we cannot do is make it easy for evil to have its way. Because eventually that darkness will consume all of us. I have so much respect for the Bible now. Because I think when I was much younger, I was looking at things from a very pedestrian, ground floor level. But now I'm now seeing how evil and darkness banks on the silence of society for it to succeed the bank that we will either be silent we will cover up we will protect or we will ignore one thing that evil hates is resistance it hates scrutiny it hates constructive challenge it hates questioning and I am shocked I am disappointed I'm so disappointed that our Christian leaders particularly in the southern part of Nigeria and the southern west part of Nigeria, cannot see this. That eventually, this evil and this darkness, this conspiracy of silence and protection, 
this testimony of false witnesses that they are all enabling will eventually come and consume even those that are speaking for it. Because darkness has only one thing that it does. Darkness can only steal, it can only kill, it can only it can destroy. Darkness destroys even its own. I mean, look at the devil himself. The darkness that he has embraced is self-sabotaging. Everything that he has ever wanted to achieve, he has not achieved it. He wanted to be like God. He's still not like God. He will never be like God. He will never ascend to the, 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 the throne of heaven. He will never sit in the sides of the north, in the congregation. In fact, the first thing that God did was to throw him out of heaven. I really don't understand why God cast him down to the earth. But I guess that's because of the whole Adam thing. I, in fact, I don't even understand that. Because I think he should just have cast him into the abyss. But God understands. Maybe he felt... In fact, the, the way I reason this out in my mind is that I think that God felt, you know what? If a rebellion can happen with the angels, it's very likely that rebellion will happen with man. So let everybody pass through this whole test and let people have the opportunity to choose good and evil because that was really the test that he made with Adam and even the garden. And they chose evil, they chose to disobey God, they chose to, you know, to discover evil on their own terms because that's really what is going on in the whole world today. We all want to be able to decide for ourselves what is good, what is evil. So, you know, I can I can marry how many people I want to be, I can be in as many relationships, I can do whatever I want because it, I need it. It, it, you know, it makes me happy, so therefore it's good for me. We don't want to be held down, you know, by the standards of somebody, of something else that we had no control and input into being. You know, and that's really what, you know, this whole contention between good and evil is. So for me, if this is a cosmic battle that has been raging since before the beginning of time, and we know that we're all born into this cosmic battle and we're still trying to, you know, make sense of it and find our space, and then we receive Christ and God reveals to us what good is and what evil is. We as Christians, beyond every other thing, we should be very eager to continue to point people at what is good and also point at what is evil and for me you know if when i think about all the times that you know people have focused on talking about women's dressing i'm like so you 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 have the energy to be talking about dressing and short skirts and tattoos and dreadlocks and whatever but when you see evil that is killing people that is where you draw the line that that your voice is lost You can spend a lot of time preaching and telling women to submit to men in the house of God. But when you see people wake up in broad daylight and steal an election, you, you cannot talk against that one. You are a hypocrite. You are a complete hypocrite and you are a disgrace. And may the Lord expose all who are hypocritically and fraudulently using his name. Because if you can preach for decades against, in quotes, immorality, against conservatism, against tradition, um, certain kinds of dressing and all that, and women wearing trousers, then please, I expect you to be extremely vocal at a time when the nation is exhibiting the level of, I, I don't even know what I should call it, in the judiciary, in the elections. I mean, when you see things that are happening that are clearly evil. But even if for some reason you decide that, okay, you are not going to get involved in the matters of state. That is also fine. But then what I do not want to hear is you now speaking in favor of such evil. I, I, I can't reconcile the two. Then it tells me that, really, I mean, I look at my Bible and I see that what's going on here has nothing to do with Christianity. It's something else that is going on. Do you understand? I, I, can't, I don't know what it is, but it's not the Bible. So let's read the Bible. And see what God says. So this, I'm reading the Amplified Version because 
this is Ephesians 5 because um, it's, it explains things a lot. And it, it, in my Amplified Bible, Ephesians 5 starts by saying, be imitators of God. But other versions says, be followers of God. So let's read Ephesians um, 5 Amplified. It says, therefore become imitators of God, in brackets, copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children, as well-beloved children imitate their father. And walk continually in love, that is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God slain for you so that you can become a sweet fragrance. But sexual immorality and all, <clears throat> excuse me, moral impurity, indecent, offensive behavior or greed must not even be hinted at amongst you. As is proper among saints, for as believers, our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of our faith. Let there be no filthiness and silky talk, silly talk, or coarse, obscene, or vulgar joking, because such things are not appropriate for believers. But instead, speak of your thankfulness to God, for be sure of this, no immoral, impure, or greedy person. For that one is in effect an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. For such a person places a higher value on something other than God. Stay with me on this. Verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, those who habitually sin. So do not participate or, or even associate with them in the rebelliousness of sin. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Therefore, walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to the light. For the fruit, the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to him. Your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. Verse 11, do not participate in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. Expose them. By exemplifying personal integrity, moral courage, and godly character. For it is disgraceful even to mention the things that such people practice in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts. It is light that makes everything visible. For this reason, he says, awake, sleeper. And arise from the dead, and Christ will shine as dawn upon you and give you light. I mean, are you listening to the language of this? He's saying we should never, ever, as Christians, provide a cover for evil. Never. We should never. In word or in deed. He's saying that we need to expose. Expose it by exemplifying personal integrity and moral courage. Moral courage means... I like that word, moral courage, because I think that's what many of our leaders are lacking. I think they are lacking both personal integrity and moral courage and godly character. Everything that is written here. Because it takes moral courage to stand up and speak truth to power. It takes godly character to be convinced of something. Enough that even when you know that taking that stand is going to work against your personal interest, because you know that it is good, it is righteous, it is holy. And because you know that if you were the one in that situation, you would wish that somebody else would speak up for you. To know the truth and to deny the truth and to help to protect a lie. For what can, how can there be a greater good in any of that? There is no greater good. That is self motivated, self interest. 
enlightened self-interest. That is lacking moral courage. And like I said, for me personally, I mean, God would, I mean, the, the word has, God has given his um, instruction of what he would prefer that we do. For me personally, I won't blame you if you keep quiet. It will be sad, but I won't blame you. I think what is much more morally incomprehensible and completely condemnable is when you now lend your voice. You have a voice that God has given you, a powerful voice. You are known. You are a national, you know, personality. You now lend your voice to protect evil. Because what it then means, at that point, the radar of God's judgment shifts from that person alone. And now you have now become an accomplice. It's, it's instructive that in the Ten Commandments, one of the, you know, we always say, and the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not lie. But actually what it is, is that thou shalt not give false witness. And I used to, when I was growing up, I was wondering that, why didn't the Bible, why didn't God just say, you shall not lie? I mean, why did he say false witness? But I realized, now that I'm much older, it's amazing how the Bible now makes sense. Because you have now lived enough to be able to glean the principles behind what the Bible is saying. And you realize that this is not just, you know, somebody just... Um, cunningly, these are not things that are applicable just to a particular culture in the world. These are universal principles coming from the person who has the, you know, the source of life. And so I now realize that giving false witness is even more dangerous, is a very dangerous type of lie, is the highest form of lie. Why? Because you are in a position to provide clarity to a situation and context about what really happened. And then you now consciously made a decision to give, not only that you said you were not keeping quiet, you now gave false witness. Knowing fully well that that witness that you give is going to make, contribute to the making of an unjust judgment. It's like, the you know, like people that spoke against Jesus and, 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 and all that. It's a very sinful thing. It's like in all those cases we heard of in, in, in America where, you know, people will, will falsely accuse a, a young black man of raping some um, white women, you know, just because they wanted to do so. And some of them were killed, they were hanged. And this is the thing. Why false witness is very dangerous is that the people who wanted to do the evil, they needed somebody to come and testify so that they would have grounds for carrying out that evil act. And then you, you volunteered to be that person. <laughs> I, I have no words. And if this is being done by sinners, or people who have not, you know, have a relationship with God, then again, that's understandable. The Bible says you are like your father, the devil, the lust of your father, you do. We understand that you are not able to resist evil. And for whatever reason, monetary compensation like Judas or whatever, there was a reason why you did it. Fine. So we get that. But you claim to be a believer, a follower of the Jesus Christ that we know, that stood up for righteousness, peace, holiness, joy, salvation, Lamb of God, King of Kings. You know, how is it possible? That you can then be in a, find yourself in a position when you are speaking up for evil, for evil leadership, and there seems to be like this doctrine of um, anybody that is a leader is given is is enthroned by God. Yes, but then when he makes a mistake or when he does evil things, 
that shouldn't, the evil did not come from God. So you, you speak against the evil. And that's all we see throughout the Bible. John the Baptist did it. All the prophets did it. And even Jesus, when they tried to get him to speak on, on, on political issues, he said, give unto Caesar what Caesar, give unto God what God. Now, Jesus stayed by and large away from the politics of the day. So he did not lend his voice, you know, he didn't support anything that was being done, but he was proclaiming the kingdom. So that's what I'm saying. If you know that you, you want to be that kind of person, then please focus on kingdom matters. Don't discuss on politics. But if you are going to speak up, you had better not be speaking up to protect an illegitimate government, an unjust government, an unrighteous government, an evildoer, evil doings. You know, no, no, you can't do that. So stay on the kingdom business, pretend as if we are still in heaven and we are living in an ideal world. And just stay speaking to the church and disciples and all that. Stay off the um, secular issues. Because the truth of the fact, and fact, now that I think about it, I realize that some of us Christians, we are actually called to the world. Like for me, I've seen that my own mission field is in, is in the marketplace, is in the workplace. That's where I, I feel I'm, I'm sensed to talk to people about God and to realize that running a business, being an employer doesn't mean you have to be an evil person to do it. And that it's possible to bring God and godly values into how you, you know, how, to, how you work, how you deal with your colleagues and all that. So I am more interested about what, interested in what goes on outside the church world, church walls. So in as much as I, I, I also, um, you know, minister to disciples, to people, to, you know, to, to Christians, to also help us in, you know, as part of my ongoing journey with God, I am more focused in learning how to be a believer in the world, not in church. So the ministry that God is also committing into my hands is also as I'm learning and God is teaching me that I also share what he's teaching me about how to live as a righteous and a holy and a Christ pleasing believer. In other words, to be an imitator of God and a follower of God, like Ephesians 5 is saying in the world. And that's what he's saying here. He says that you should be able to show what it means to be a Christian, both in public and in private. Public means outside in the world now. And when there's an opportunity to showcase those godly values, because those opportunities don't come all the time. They don't come often. When those opportunities are, you don't miss it. You don't miss it. Because they don't come all the time. It's just the truth. They don't come up. Even Jesus in his lifetime, he was only someone to Pilate once, someone to the high priest once. The synagogue, well, he used to go into the synagogues and preach, but... You know, it wasn't like he was in one synagogue every day. So you have, most of the time, just these opportunities, God just creates them. Sometimes it may even be once in a lifetime. And then you, that opportunity comes for you. God, your voice becomes the voice that is needed at that time. And I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to realize that, you know, for certain situations and certain things, people's voices have different weights. For instance, there's a political issue going on in Nigeria, the not political, social issue. And there was a lot of outcry. But there was a clear shift when particularly, when certain voices started weighing in. There was one particular voice that really shifted things. 
and this voice was someone very close to the person who was impacted, but he was also a public figure. So it made me realize this thing about voices. So, because not everybody has a voice. Not everybody. Some people are actually voiceless. But some people also, they may not be known. Sometimes God elevates their voice in a particular situation. Some people, God even elevates their voice beyond the grave. Which is what we are experiencing in Nigeria. Any Nigerian listening to me right now will know what I'm talking about. There's a particular issue that is going on in the country right now. Social issue. But it's also intersecting on political because... It's shining a light on a whole culture of darkness and occultism and drugs and just a web of sin and darkness that is on the underbelly of our politics and our so many things and social culture. You know, it's just a mess. And it's God that is shining that light. And that's what Ephesians 5 is saying. So I see what I'm seeing in my nation, Nigeria, which is really giving me concern, is established church leaders collaborating with political leaders to keep the darkness and the veil of um, a lack of transparency upon the people. And I begin to wonder, why would you want, why are you so comfortable with this cloak of darkness? Why are you guys, why is it that you are able to align with the political elites against public scrutiny? What is it about transparency that makes you all so uncomfortable? The Bible tells us that he that is doing good things wants to bring his things out into the open so that everybody can see that what he's doing is good. But the people who shy away from scrutiny, the people who rather walk in darkness, the people who do not want the truth of events and the facts to come to light, it's because they are walking in darkness and they know because they know that the things that they are doing are evil. They're not even unconsciously in evil. They are consciously in evil and they know that if what they do in secret is exposed in the light, there will be trouble. They do not even want to be associated with those things that they are doing. So for me, I'm seeing a lot of red flags. But what is just making me realize is that I need to go into the word of God. And I, I know I have listeners from different parts of the world. I don't know if this resonates with you. Um, I am in seminary with people from different parts of the world. and Well, mostly from America, really. And I see that. I know that the, you know, the sensitivities are a bit different there. And I think one advantage that I think, although I think it's, there are similar things. I think there are similar things. But I, I, yeah, I think there are similar things. It's just that the problems, you know, listening to some of my, yeah, yeah, I think we have real problems. Yeah, you know, they have a different kind of problems. So I would say they have real problems as well, but it's it's just different. It's just different. It's just different. I'll, I'll put it that way. First world problems. We have like real third world exist, existential problems, life and death problems, you know, but they have more like spiritual life and death problems. And, um, well, and also physical. Well, yeah, it's all, yeah, I guess it's the same problem. Just that different types, different shapes and all that. It's, and they're all challenging because they have to do with the quality of our life and relationship with God. So let's finish um, Ephesians 5. I'm, I will stop it at when we get to verse 20. So verse 15, therefore see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, <laughs> purpose and courage. 
shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. My goodness. Not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, designing people. Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise by singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the Bible. This is what it means to be a follower of God and a follower of Christ. He says we need to walk carefully. Now in King James, this verse 15 is called redeeming the time. But in Amplified, it breaks it down. Walk carefully, living life with honor, honor, purpose, and courage. Oh my goodness. I, 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 I wish I could print out this entire Ephesians 5, 1 to 21 and just put it on my door because i think a christian you can get is a just reading this alone is like the template for christianity in the modern world honor i see that is that's what i think that is lacking because there are certain things that we 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 are we say or we do if we are if it's not honorable it's just dishonorable and then purpose because that purpose, and it, that's a Christ, if it's a Christ-centered purpose, you will think about Jesus. You will think about what this does for Christianity to take this kind of contentious stand, regardless of who is involved. And then courage. In fact, I think that last one, I think that last one is what is really lacking. That's the one that we need to really pray for, to stand as Christians now. Because I mean, definitely the Bible, I mean, the devil has developed a system that makes it very difficult to take a courageous stand. And I don't mean a stand, you know, persecuting people. Because I see that it is very easy. There is courage when it's to talk against, oh, don't wear this, don't do this. You you know, when you are berating people for their lifestyle choices, there is a lot of courage there. But when it is to speak to political leaders, there is no courage. What we see is the opposite of courage. If you can speak to the populace about their dressing, about their marital choices, about their sexuality, please, you then need to speak to the public political leaders about transparency, about governance, about judicial recklessness, about violation of the law. You, you, you have to. You, I, I, yeah. Otherwise, you decide that, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't just know. Or you keep quiet. That's another thing. You can also keep quiet on those issues. But then when political leaders are coming to Christian leaders for, to, to lend their voice to support the evil they have done, opt out. You can opt out. You can say, sorry, I can't. That's another option. In fact, sometimes refusing to speak can also be a, 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 a principled stand. But when you are now lending your voice to what you know was not transparently done, how can you? It's such a, ah, it's such a disservice to Christ. 
knowing fully well, even the message to all of us Christians, people that are Christians, we are all battling for this transparency in our places of work. I know the kind of battles, battles people, and then you are out there justifying evil. How dare you? I think at this point I'll just bring this to an end because thank you very much for listening. <laughs>